Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have our usual Friday outlook on grain markets for the week with both wheat and canola moving upward. The prairie drought makes the top three list of weather events across Canada. The province's Minister of Agriculture discusses the new trespass legislation coming into force on January 1st and we have reaction from SARM to the new legislation. Real Agriculture discusses club root control. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. And good afternoon. Welcome. We have the portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. Grain markets were moving upward during the past week. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacallo says canola was up $15 per tonne, while spring wheat rose $0.05 a bushel. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front here, March canola is up approximately $15 a ton here on the week. The January contract is still trading, but again, liquidity and, and open interest is kind of going down. So been definitely kind of looking more at the, the March contract going forward here. On Minneapolis wheat, the March futures are up approximately $0.05 cents on the week. Minneapolis has been trading fairly sideways here still for the last few weeks. So one thing that I've been watching is how soybeans and soybean oil have been trading recently. Uh, Soybeans have have been rallying here recently as there seems to be enough concern about dry conditions in South America to attract more, I would say, active speculation buying the soybean side of things. So there's still continued strong demand for, for crushing soybeans and really the need to draw soybeans away from producers into this kind of holiday period. So the market looks to be a little bit kind of more advancing and more positive here on the technical side. However, it's a little bit different on the soybean oil. Soybean oil has had a pretty large decline here this month so far in December. It has come off its lows, and that was one reason why we saw kind of canola maybe get a little bit weaker, but it held in fairly fairly well, to be honest, relative to what soybean oil was doing. So that's what I was watching this week on the canola and bean front. And then for the wheat, there is some kind of 
uncertainty over some wind damage and, and drought kind of soils in the U.S. So again, kind of crop concerns. Um, there's also been better demands here recently. Um, as well, too, there was this has been such a, a large sell-off here um, in the last month on the wheat front. There's been a bit of a recovery this week, and we'll see if really that continues over to next week. Yeah, what is the outlook? You've outlined what's happening in, in the market. What is the outlook next week and beyond? Well, Minneapolis wheat still trades in a very tight trading range between approximately $10 and $10.50. So that's, you know, I would say it may be a tradable range if, if people are looking for, but really, you know, it's, Minneapolis wheat has been fairly stable. Um, on the canola front here, we'll see if the March contract wants to go over that $1,000 a ton. We're sitting at approximately nine ninety five here today, and that could signal some more upside and, and maybe actually get pulled up a little bit more, again, if, if beans are strong as well, too. So another, I would say, trend to kind of note here this week is how the U.S. Federal Reserve talked about how they are planning on raising interest rates twice next year and what their forecast is for 2023 and other possible three raises. So that's definitely been adding volatility to the overall stock market and U.S. dollar, which obviously affects our Canadian dollar and, and just grain prices in general. So something to kind of note is a lot of those central bank policies are coming out right now and how that can spill over to you know, the inflation talk or, or grain prices. It's, it's something to keep in mind. Adam Piccolo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca. The prairie drought made the top 10 list of weather events in Canada this year. Environment Canada guru David Phillips always comes out with his top 10 list around this time of year. In 2021, Western Canada had a prominent role on that list. Phillips says the number one issue was the heat dome that parked itself over the west in late June and led to some of the hottest temperatures on earth. Phillips says number three on that list was the drought that affected crops and livestock across the prairies this summer. The number three story this year is Canada dry, coast to coast. I mean, old timers were saying to me, my gosh, this was like the dirty, this was like the uh, 1961 or 1988. And historians were saying it was more like the dirty 30s. What was extraordinary about the drought in Canada this year was it was so widespread, so intensely dry and so long lasting. And like so many disasters, weather disasters, the seeds of this were sown long before the season that, that it occurred in. Uh, in Winnipeg, for example, this year was the, well, in fact, the last two years, the driest two years back to back in their history. And weather records go back to the 1880s. Uh, we saw across the West from British Columbia to Northwestern Ontario. It was one of the driest summers, as I mentioned, in 75 years. And, and not a drop of rain in some places. Incredibly, a week before harvest was to begin, the Canadian drug, uh, Drought Monitor said that 99% of the prairies had drought conditions. I mean, in agriculture, timing is everything. And for me, as a climatologist, what was so shocking in a head-shaking head kind of situation, you in some places in southern Manitoba, which is the epicenter of the drought this year, 
there were some places showing precipitation in the summer, June, July, August, that was actually wetter than normal. But, you know, as they say, timing is everything. There were periods, there were a lot of rain at the end of August, but it, it was over. It was too late, too much and too late. Um, but we saw during the peak of the growing season, let's say May, late May, June, and into mid-July, we saw 6% of the annual precipitation occur. And the, that was it. And then we had three quarters of the precipitation fell on three days. I mean, that's not going to help you out. It's going to just run off quickly at the surface. And we also found that 40% of more than 40% of the days were hot days above 30. And it wasn't just in the prairies. We saw it in British, uh, in interior of British Columbia, some of the driest on record. Victoria and Vancouver had, had almost two months without a drop of rain. And the impact on the food producing sector was devastating. It cost the economy billions of dollars. And, and the price of food has gone up because of the drought. And, and farmers, in some cases, lost everything, their livelihood. And in some cases, because of the suffering and the stress, they even lost their lives. That's David Phillips, Senior Climatologist with Environment Canada. Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt says the new trespass legislation is important for rural Saskatchewan. The legislation comes into effect January 1st and moves the onus of responsibility from rural, rural landowners to those seeking access to their property. Merritt says farmers and rural municipalities had been seeking changes. Yeah, they had been asking for it for a while, Jim. Obviously, you know, there was challenges out there in, in rural Saskatchewan, some aspects of it. We, you know, we'd seen theft increasing and things like that. So it really was, uh, you know, an issue that was driven by rural Saskatchewan to really, uh, you know, look at the whole trespassing and, uh, and actions around that. So that legislation will come into effect January 1. What do you think is the key part of this legislation? Well, I think it's just the key part is, for the most part, if, if you look at the, you know, the hunting community and that side of it, for the most part, the, you know, the hunters were responsible and were always asking for permission to, to go on to private land. And that's really what this is, not just about that, but all aspects of it now is that you have to uh, you have to ask permission to go on to private land, and that's something that uh, rural Saskatchewan had been asking for in all aspects of it. So uh, it just gives an opportunity for the landowner as well, if there's somebody trespassing, that they can take action against those people if the, if he so or he or she so wished to. Yeah, it moves the onus of responsibility from rural landowners to actually those seeking to access their property. That's right, and uh, that's something that they always wanted, and it just gives uh, a little bit of assistance to the property owner on and rights to their property and issues around that. On another topic, how's grain movement going through the West Coast Actually, after all the uh, mudslides and water problems? Well, you know, I can't imagine what they've gone through. You know, I, I've seen it just like everybody else has, Jim, on the news and things like that, and obviously it was devastating. But really, um, you know, hats off to the railways, both CN and CP, for really going to work and get their rail infrastructure back up and running. I know they were, you know, obviously challenged when they got up, back up and running with making sure the ballast was set. So they were running, you know, obviously lighter loads and and uh, making sure the ballast was set into place before they started moving, you know, full trains again. So we obviously there's a backlog, Jim, and there will be, but. The railways have been in, in very good communication uh, with my ministry as well, and as well as the Ministry of Transport and others as well, saying, "Look, at we're you know we're back up and running to uh, full capacity, and we'll get the backlog worked through the system." And and that's all you can ask for in in result of what really did happen out there. 
That's Agriculture Minister David Merritt. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. We are talking to Derwin Hammond from Pioneer Seeds Canada. We're going to talk about club root. If I, if I use a club root resistant hybrid, does that break down resistance so when I do need it later, I don't actually have it? I think the key message there is uh, selection pressure. Um, we talk about breaking down resistance, but what you're really doing is building the population of the pathogen that can overcome that resistance. And so when you think of selection pressure, um, you really need the presence of both the pathogen and the resistant hybrid in the field. Uh, so if you think of club root, like a population of individual spores, kind of like a population of people, if we have a trait that occurs one in 10,000 people, if you host a meeting with a hundred people in a room, the odds of that trait showing up are pretty, very low. If you have a big sports event with a hundred thousand people, obviously the odds that a few of those people might have that trait are substantially higher. So in fields where we either haven't identified the disease at all or where testing is founded in the soil but at really low levels, um, it's still a good prevention strategy to utilize those resistant genetics because the big risk to those fields is the introduction of infested soil with club root and having that resistance present will help minimize the development of the disease on those roots. Um, it's the gall production on those, those roots. Those galls are what reproduce those millions of resting spores that build your levels in your soil. So having the resistance present helps keep that at bay. Okay, and I, a lot of times growers also hear about how you, you need to rotate your club root resistant varieties how do i do that and uh, are they not all the same yeah well back when uh, pioneer was you know the first to bring that club root genetics uh to the marketplace after club root was identified um back a number of years ago good old 45 h 29 back in the day um and so the the products that came to the marketplace in the years following that most of those, virtually all of them, had that uh, original source of genetic resistance. But in recent years, um, we're starting to see some some new sources of resistance get incorporated into uh, into the hybrids, and that's really in response to the selection pressure in areas like Alberta, where they do have significant spore loads, and they're utilizing those resistant genetics to continue to grow canola. There we are seeing selection pressure and we're starting to select for those variants that that can break down that original traditional uh, resistance. So our breeding program, uh, we've advanced uh, a couple of products to the marketplace in recent years. And uh, this year with our advancements, we'll, uh, you know, this year and next year, we'll be seeing a couple of new sources of resistance come to the marketplace. So, once you have the disease present in the field, rotating among different 
genetic sources just helps uh, control any of those uh, variants that can overcome a particular source of resistance, helps keep those from building up and, and helps delay uh, the buildup of, of variations that can overcome your resistance. So uh, that rotation strategy is becomes a lot more important once you have symptoms of the, of the disease showing up in your field. When's the best time to scout for club root? Uh, late season. Um, uh, it takes a while for those galls to, to develop, especially to a size where you can visually see them on the roots. So typically we'll look for them, you know, anytime from late flowering uh, in fields with high spore loads. If you're growing especially a susceptible product that doesn't have resistance, uh, you can start to see um, areas of the field wilting and, and not looking as healthy as early as kind of that late flowering time frame. And then r- right through till, you know, our typical swath timing is probably a pretty good time to uh, start digging up roots and having a look for, for galls. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, 2 centimeters of snow, wind northwest 20, the high minus 18, the low minus 26. Wind chill minus 28 tonight, minus 36 overnight, risk of frostbite. Saturday, sunny, increasing cloudiness in the afternoon, wind southeast 30, gusting to 50. The high minus 14 tomorrow, wind chill minus 39 in the morning and minus 25 in the afternoon, risk of frostbite, the low minus 14. Sunday, partly cloudy, 40% chance of flurries, the high minus 7, the low minus 22. Monday, sunny, the high minus 19, the low minus 21. Tuesday, sunny, the high minus 18, the low minus 21. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 12, 30% chance of evening flurries. Wednesday, the low minus 18. Thursday, cloudy, 60% chance of flurries and a high forecast of minus 17. Normal high for this date is minus 9, the normal low minus 21. The sun rose at 8.54 this morning. It sets at 4.55 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Maple Creek at minus Moose Jaw. Pardon me, Moose Jaw is the hot spot at minus 18. The cold spot, Stony Rapids up north at minus 27. Estevan is minus 19, Saskatoon minus 20, Swift Current minus 22, Weyburn minus 19, Yorkton minus 20. In Regina with light snow, minus 18, fractionally colder than Moose Jaw, that's zero Fahrenheit, winds are from the northwest at 12. The relative humidity is 69%, the barometric rising, the barometer rising 103.2. Overcast in Moose Jaw, minus 18, winds are from the north, northwest at 17. Once again, Regina, light snow and minus 18, that's zero Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. 
You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. The president of SARM welcomes new trespass legislation coming into force at the start of the new year. The legislation says those wishing to access rural property for recreation will need to gain consent from the owner. Ray Orb at SARM says the new legislation is important. That legislation, you know, it's been uh, anticipated for for quite some time, and we're, you know, really glad that the legislation is, is going to take effect. It was proclaimed, uh, but never enacted. So now uh, we're going to see that come into effect. It really is going to help rural Saskatchewan as far as, you know, the, um, the landowners, the ranchers, the farmers that are really, you know, almost at their wits end um, as far as trespassing, uh, you know, people coming on their land without permission. So we've been pushing the province for this, and we're glad that it's going to be uh, taking effect. Does it go far enough? Well, you know, I guess, you know, you could look at legislation, and some people would say that it's not going far enough. There are others, you know, that are saying uh, it's maybe gone too far. We're of the opinion that it's exactly what we do need. We need to make sure, you know, that uh, that hunters, that you know, people that want to do uh, other recreational things, still have access for the people that want to give access. But um, we think it's about the right mix. I'm reading from the release here, and I see it says specifically, those wishing to access a rural landowner's property for recreational purposes will need to gain consent from the owner. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and there's, there is a company out there that's uh, actually working on uh, showing things online where people would give permission to give access to the land, whether it be you know for hunters or for other recreational things. And you know what, Saskatchewan Snowmobile Association also is working with with Saskalander. That's the name of the company. If you remember, uh, not too long ago there was an innovation challenge issued by the province, and the company uh, was successful. And so they're uh, actually doing the work now, uh, getting information from landowners, and also looking at the other side, uh, people that want to get access. So uh, it's starting to uh, take shape. Yeah, the release also goes on to say a rural landowner's property for recreational purposes uh, will need to gain consent, and consent can be provided in writing, electronically online, mm-hmm. orally, or through signage. Yeah, there's, there are different ways to do this. Um, you know, some people will probably go back to the thing that they're most comfortable with would be, uh, you know, contacting landowner directly and, and getting permission that way. People need to uh, be able to do that as well as, you know, doing it online. I realize there are some challenges with online. Uh, might be, you know, for uh, connectivity of new areas. So in, in those cases, people can still talk to landowners. Many many of the hunters have good relationships already with the, with the, the landowners out in the areas, in the rural areas. So I don't think that would be a problem, but it's something that, you know, as I mentioned, it's really necessary, and I think it's going to appease a lot of the rural landowners out there. The new provincial trespass legislation comes into effect January 1st. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market and Arcola Building Supplies. 
Small Town Lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Ottawa is providing an additional $3 million more support for the Hay West program. The expanded transportation assistance was announced earlier this week. We're going to hear from two farmers involved in the Hay West program, one from Saskatchewan, the other is from New Brunswick. First, Roger Parkinson, who farms in western New Brunswick. Last summer we had uh, perfect growing conditions and we had some of the best yields that we've had in years. And so this made so uh, farmers in Atlantic Canada had, had a lot of extra bales. So with the program, it's, it's making it so we can help the farmers that are out in the West that, that had very dry conditions. Last year, the situation was reversed. Myself and some of my neighboring farmers, we were short of bales of feed for our, for our animals. And we sourced feed in from other parts of the country and, and brought it to here. Overall, it is very nice to be able to work with other farmers, no matter what part of the country that we live in. On the receiving end of the hay shipment is Lisa Haynes from a cattle operation in the bigger area, about 90 kilometers west of Saskatoon. Like many of our fellow cattle producers out here in the west, our operation was faced with some very serious decisions to make because of the drought that we were experiencing. With the lack of affordable, good quality feed for our animals, we were looking at, you know, dispersing some of our herd and trying to find anything that we could do to get through the winter. Luckily, that's where the Hay West program came in. Uh, we heard about the program, we did the online application, which was super easy. And the next thing you know, we got a phone call saying, hey, we've got some help for you. So we were able to get a few loads of hay brought out to us from our friends out in the east. And, you know, without the opportunity to be able to get some affordable feed for animals, I don't know where our operation would have been moving forward this winter. So, you know, a huge thank you to the Canadian Federation of Agriculture, to all of the farmers who were willing to part with some of their, their feed, to the people that have helped with the transportation costs to help, you know, keep things affordable for us. I don't know where we would be moving forward. So a huge thank you to everyone who's been involved in the program. Um, I do know there's a lot more feed that is willing to come out here if we can just figure out some ways to get it transported out this way at a, a low cost uh, you know it'll help a lot more family farms be able to keep going through the winter so huge thank you to everyone for what you've done in the past and what you continue to do we really appreciate it. Lisa Haynes is a cattle producer from the bigger area and received some assistance from the Hay West program. All farmers receiving hay pay a set rate per pound for the feed, with the money going back to provide money for the donating producer. In some cases, the donating farmer puts the money back into the transportation fund so more hay can be transported. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola gained $5 at $971.32. One red spring wheat went up $1.32 at $468.54. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $716.91. Feed barley three eighty three sixty four, flax still at one thousand four hundred seventy dollars and fifty nine cents. Lentils nine eighty six fifty, oats five fifty one fifty three, yellow peas six hundred twenty three dollars twenty four cents, and feed wheat two sixty one sixty five. 
At Minneapolis, March spring wheat gained one and a quarter cents at $10.28 a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes this afternoon are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Life Doctor in Moose Jaw, 425 on offer at our last sale of 2021. This cow market looked fairly steady to what it was here last week. Them real good cows, 77 to 82, 83 bucks. Medium cows anywhere from 70 to 78. First sale of 2022 is Thursday, January 6th. We here at Heartland Livestock would like to thank all of our customers for a very successful year once again here in Moose Jaw and wish everyone a happy holiday season and a very profitable new year. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have a great afternoon. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, this is both branded Moose Jaw Plants, $169.82 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau has had a successful meeting with the U.S. Ambassador to Canada. Bebeau says she expressed gratitude to Ambassador Cohen for the U.S. assistance in allowing transshipment of agri-food products through the U.S. in the wake of recent flooding in B.C. Bebeau pointed to the interconnected economies and efforts to resolve trade disputes. The minister emphasized Canada's confidence in the current risk mitigation measures for PEI potatoes and outlined the efforts being taken to address the U.S. concerns. The minister and the ambassador discussed the benefits of resuming trade of fresh potatoes for both sides of the border, pointing to PEI potatoes as a staple for many families along the eastern seaboard and Puerto Rico. Minister Bebeau concluded that she looks forward for continued collaboration with the U.S. to resume exports of PEI fresh potatoes and further strengthen the partnership between the two countries' farming sectors. On the markets today, the TSX is up two points to 20,741. The Dow has dropped 466 points to 35,430. Oil has fallen $1.43 to $70.72 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 35 one-hundredths of a cent at 77.92 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.